Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to the big show. I'm speaking with Adam Epstein. And if many of you wonder, that name sounds awful familiar to me. He is and was, and I guess probably still are, the... Uh, he ran uh, alternacast.com and fancast.com. Give, give uh, everybody a little bit of history on how you cre- how you came up with those websites and everything. What was the basis? Uh, you're taking me back a little bit, but uh, you know we're going back to I guess 1999-2000 when I just had the the concept that uh, the internet is a communications tool, and you know. I, Back then, everybody was trying to figure out what it was all about and, and what it should be used for. And I, I thought that uh, you know people should be able to connect online and, and, and host talk shows and uh, you know start out with FanCast, which was a way actually for folks to be their own sportscasters. And yeah. that's actually where the initial idea was. And then it, it turned into this concept where uh, people were just meeting online and, and talking and, and hosting shows. And um, this is pretty cool technology that we had. We tried to come up with a lot of fun ways to, uh, to get it out there. Well, you guys, uh, you started FanCast, and this is, uh, I, and I should, I should know my history more since I was involved with the, with the programming um, and having the program on there. Um, you guys, like us, Talk Radio came, and then FanCast came, or was FanCast around when like us was around? We were actually around at the same time. So um, we were both using the same technology that was developed out of, uh, out of uh, Seattle, Washington, by some ex-Microsoft guys. And Lycos was the 500-pound gorilla, and I was just a little guy who had this <laughs> idea and went looking for the technology. And uh, they were nice enough to, to cut me in on a licensing deal. And, um, we, you know, we, we marketed for the sports vertical because we knew that Lycos was doing it for everything else. Yeah. And uh, we, we just had a, you know, a concept that people would host their own sports cast that so wasn't competitive. But Lycos uh, changed strategic directions pretty quickly once the bubble burst. And uh, they sent their traffic our way, and we decided to set up AlternaCast to take the traffic because FanCast was a sports site. So that, that's sort of how the, the history went back in the early days. Well, with Lycos, uh, did they attempt to save their operation at all with the radio side, or was it just, oh, crap, we don't know what the hell we're doing. This guy's got a website. We'll just send everybody over there. Yeah, I, I don't know too much about what, what Lycos was you know, what, what they were thinking strategically. I know they had a CEO chain, and I think the guy who was in before was a big uh, proponent of this sort of grassroots uh, radio concept. And then the new regime came in, and they changed directions 180 degrees and said, uh, what do we do with this uh, this traffic? And I said, you know, I'll be happy to take it from you. Now, my only problem was I couldn't figure out how to make money with it either. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh but that, that was okay. I mean, it was, you know, it was... Oh, yeah, it was a... We were ahead of our time, if anything. Yes, yes. It was a, it was a great adventure there for a while. I, oh, just some of the stories with... Uh, with with FanCast, um, you had all sorts of programming on there, sports-oriented. You had poker shows. You had 
I blame you, sir, for the whole poker garbage. Yeah, the thing know, like... It's amazing. It's, you know, so many things that, so many trends, and this is what I think is interesting about uh, user-generated content, yeah. is that you pick up on trends before they hit the mainstream. I mean, like you said, I mean, our poker shows oh, yeah. are far our most listened to shows and on the Alternacast side. We had these Harry Potter shows that were just out of nowhere. And this is before anybody was really, you know, was, was talking about these things as multi-billion dollar businesses. And, you know, I've always thought, let's get this thing back up and running just to find out where the next big opportunity is. Yeah. Well, I know uh, right there, what, what, what you just said, you're going to cause a ton of people that are going to hear this interview to go, oh, my God, it's coming back. <laughs> well, I, let me ask you. I mean, look, I, I've got the technology. And, you know, we, we, we took it and we, we did some things with it on the, um, you know, we, we, look, we were trying to support it and we, we couldn't figure out a way to do it by charging yeah. folks. It, it didn't seem to work out real well. And, um, you know, basically I was getting married and, and I had to support my family. So yeah. I had to take a real job. And so I, I licensed out to some folks who were using it for web conferencing and some business applications. But, you know, I've, I've been away from the game for a little while. You know, you tell me, is there are there other technologies that are, well, the situation, what what you had with the being able to take calls on the air and right. not have net meeting and not have a phone line and all that, that was a great idea. I, I've yeah. never been able, with, with all the time since Alternacast closed up shop up to now, everybody has been using crappy, basically crappy software. <laughs> I, I wrote a column for the website about a year and a half ago about all the conferencing and caller type software. It went from what you guys had to like with NetMeeting, which if you don't configure your sound cards right, you're you're screwed. You're right. going to have an echo on your end. You're going to have an echo on their end. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes their sound is totally off the wall compared to yours. Then there's uh, Skype, which a lot of people have been using. But once again, you've got all these issues with sound. And then there's people that, there's a uh, woman up in Canada named Gothic Gal that has a radio show, and she uses Yahoo audio conferencing, (laughs) which sometimes it's a good idea, sometimes the audio is crap. And it just seems to be that that was the one thing. Something else is the bandwidth issue. I know that that's the big thing right now with Internet radio. I know that when you guys were around, Internet radio, you know, people were playing Beatles records in their basements on Live 365, and then you had uh, radio shows on Alternacast and Fancast, and then it started to where people started doing... uh, Syndication, like there's a buddy of mine named Frank Atolo who, he's he's on everywhere. He's on ev- anything that's. It, it's basically like when you look at um, well, and this is kind of a strange strange way to compare, but martial arts tournaments, they just need people to f- to fill their rosters. They just need to pe- fill fill fight cards. Kind of like right. tough man contests. They need people to. They don't care who you are, where you come from, as long as you pay the fee and show up. They just need content. And that's basically what a lot of these internet stations were for a while. They just needed content. They yep. they needed shows. So a lot of these guys started doing that. Well, then podcasting. People were right. like, well, I don't have the money for the bandwidth. I don't have the money for 
um, the websites. You know, I all I want to do is put a show on the air. So then you get a lot of these jerk offs that <laughs> that go out there and and they have these podcasts that are just absolutely useless. But right. then you have these internet radio guys who are like, you know, I don't have the bandwidth, I don't have the money, I'm going to do a podcast. So then you also have the mainstream guys, uh, Al Franken and some of these others who are like, oh, crap, hey, i, I got to get into this podcast thing too. And so, so podcasts have basically killed internet radio. <laughs> right, right. But I tell you, there are people out there who still want to do the kind of things you guys were doing. Um, the live talk shows. Yeah. Right. Well, it sounds like there's a market out there, and, and I'll tell you the, the idea that, that we're kicking around right now, and, and you can tell me okay. what it works. Now, what you've left out is the number one feature from AlternaCast that everybody was nuts about. Do you remember what it was? Uh, well, um, I know what I was nuts about was the rating system. But exactly. <laughs> okay. Exactly. Everybody... I got more emails about the rating system. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna talk about that here in a few minutes. I know one thing with um, with Alternacast and with some of the things that are going on now is that, well, for instance, uh, Big Bob, who used to have a show on Alternacast, he was using as soon as you guys went off the air, he started using Pal Talk. Right. And he used that for a while. Well, then they started popping ads up and all sorts yep. of crap, and it got so disruptive that he went and went with this uh, group of people called Wild Bench Radio, and basically it was his own chat room and everything. But, you know, he was searching for an audio application to be able to, right. to do the, the live calls. And then, then there's another guy that I'm sure you, and I don't know if you you've remember him at all, but Somehow he attached himself to most of the mainstream, if you can call it that, internet radio people, and that was this guy named The Dez. This... That name does not ring a bell. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> this guy, he's been spending, he has devoted his entire life since you guys went off the air to creating an entire website that is like Alternacast. He okay. loved that place. And... He has uh, he has actually a, a website called TalkJockeys.com, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is basically he is trying to get a group of people to do internet radio, and then basically they want to do like Alternacast. And right, right. he puts the website up, then he takes it down, then he puts it up, then he takes it down. So a lot of the people that were interested aren't anymore. But well, I mean, what we're thinking about doing is, is yeah. getting them back up and running and uh, getting wow. the rankings going, and then uh, letting people host their own talk shows, take all the callers they want. Bandwidth isn't an issue because, look, I mean, the software has always been phenomenal and ahead of its time. We, oh, yeah. Time. Yeah, the software's and, great. Uh, and I think the only thing that was really missing back when we first launched, and the second most emails I got was, how can I record this? Well, now we've got the podcast. Well, see, that's, that's another sure. thing. And this is what this Dez guy has been doing over the past couple of years is right. he set up a Windows media encoder to broadcast and then record right. his shows. And then right. he used NetMeeting to take calls. Yep. And he has chat room and he has all the stuff. Right. But well, what we want to do is he we want to make it easy. Exactly. We want to make it super user-friendly. You don't have to have four different applications going, you know. But the one thing about the software is just so easy to use. You have a headset and everything else takes care of itself. So, um, 
if I can roll this thing out where it has podcasting integrated in a way that's very easy to use, yeah. that's always been the, the key to the, I think any kind of uh, of internet software. It's got to be easy to use, and uh, then you know we'll get the thing up and running, and you know hopefully in the next uh, couple of months. That is cool. That that yeah. is way cool. Uh, getting back to we were mentioning some of the uh, the different uh, talk jockeys that were on there. I used to just make fun of that term, and I don't know why. I just but I used to just hammer that term. But you look at uh, guys like Big Bob. You know, he right. he was he has been very angry. I guess he was supposed he was doing some like uh, major show, major anniversary show, the oh. week you guys disappeared. Oh, you kidding me? And he has been angry ever since. And he uh, wanted he, he wanted me to relay. Um, he had he had two questions. One was, why did what was the real reason that Alternacast closed? Which I'm assuming was probably the funds. Mm-hmm. And then yeah, it, it absolutely was. And did it, it have to? Did it have to? Yeah. The answer to both questions is is it did. And um, you know, look, nobody was more upset about having to shut down than I was. And it, it really just came down to it was extremely expensive at the time. Yeah. To run Alternacast. Um, and it, you know, when the money runs out, the money runs out, and you know, you you gotta you gotta shut off, you gotta shut off. Yeah. So the funny thing, again, about being ahead of your time, you know, we've been costing out what it takes to get this thing back up and running. It costs one tenth the price uh, for servers and bandwidth, and all the back end hardware, that it did uh, when, I, when I had it launched three, I guess three four years ago. Yeah, so bandwidth for one thing is real cheap right now. Depending on where you get it from. Servers are, are so much less expensive, and I mean, it was really the hardware that was killing me because it, it does take a fair amount of uh, of hardware on the back end to yeah. run all that stuff. It's, it's, you know, it's a pretty decent amount of so- the software is pretty uh, impressive, and then you know, at the time, it took some some pretty heavy duty servers to, to run the whole thing. But now those servers, you know, because server technology improves, oh, yeah. get, you know, twice as fast as half the price. It is it is much less expensive to. Uh, to run this thing, so it's it's, it's peanuts compared to uh, bowling balls. Well, another another question that he had was he had heard that Loud Eye had bought the soft had bought Wonder Horse, and did that have to do with another reason why Alternacast shut down? No, that, I, I think, and I don't want to, you know, I, I yeah. don't know much about Wonder Horse or Loud Eye at this point, but I, my sense was that that was more of a press release activation. Yeah. You know, if you know what I mean. So ah, okay. Everybody bow out gracefully. I, I yeah. don't think that anybody ever had any, uh, any, you know, intention of, uh, of of getting that software going again. And yeah. you know, if uh, who even know if Loud Eye has it, and if they do, um, you know, they they've certainly not done anything with it. Yeah. But, um, I, I I think it's one of those press release acquisitions that, that you saw happen there. Well, and, um, another. I know, you know, we're the only people who've ever used this software. Yeah. Well, there was a there was a rumor running around there for a while that uh, Tommy Dog and a couple people were were trying to buy Alternacast from you. Was that real, or was that just some BS that got circulated? I've I've had a couple people email me from time to time. Yeah. What, what, what does it take to get going? And, and I've emailed back. I've been very straight up. I said, look, you know, let me just tell you what the hardware costs are, or let me just tell you what what you need to do to run the thing. Yeah. And if you can handle that, then we can talk about you know, the software deal, but um, you know, as soon as people heard what the hardware costs were, they never. Oh yeah, back. 
seriously. Yeah, they 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 find out what it really took to run the place, and then they're like, eh, maybe not. Yeah, it, it looked real simple and easy on the on the outside, but there was a lot more going on uh, on the back end. That I think people realized yeah. it took a pretty dedicated tech person as well as a, t- a lot of equipment to uh, to run the thing. Well, something else is we were, we were talking about the software, and this is one thing. There was a lot of times I'd talk to different people, and they'd be like, "Well, especially when you, we started uh, charging the broadcasters." There's a lot of people that are like, "Well, I would pay." For the soft, I, I would pay, but the software has never been really upgraded from what they could tell, and so they weren't interested. And there was two things that I always told different people, and that was, well, one, if enough people are involved paying these guys for the for the right to broadcast, they will fix whatever problems there are in the software. But also at the same time, they've got to get people to pay so they can fix. <laughs> Some of the you software. Yeah, yeah, you have a little chicken and egg problem. I mean, we, we were doing, we were just trying to cover our costs. Then obviously, if it would have taken off, we could have invested in, in, uh, in, a, in a tech development team and yeah. had and, uh, and done all the things we wanted to do. I mean, believe me, that product uh, could have been and can still be upgraded tremendously. And in fact, that's what we're working on right now. I've got a guy who I'm working with, and and he's working on getting some of the functionality that you guys were looking for uh, into the product. Something else with the uh, we were mentioned we've been mentioning the, the the money situation with it uh, and the advertising. Yeah. Will you if if it comes back will you do uh, much like Live 365 and also why at the time did you decide not to do like Live 365 where they just stick ads in at random? The software wasn't really built for that. Yeah. Um, there just was no sort of easy way to. Do that, and you know that would have. Also, the the market for audio ads was was pretty light at the point. At that point, I, I met a lot with Live 365. And in fact, yeah. uh, I know these guys real well, and I, I'd been out there to meet with them. And you know, we'd had some discussions at some at some different points about them taking over the service. And um, that you know, I, I sort of wish that could have gotten done, but it, it didn't. Yeah. So um, they, they would have been a natural uh, partner for us. Um, you know, having said that. You know the new the new revenue model is yet to be worked out. And obviously, we're going to need to stay afloat and, and make the thing pay for itself. Yeah. But um, you know the different ways we're thinking of is, is a little bit of a smaller fee to broadcast than what we had before. Yeah. I think we were charging too much. Um, or if people don't want to pay anything, then maybe you can give me some feedback on this. Is doing the uh, the, the adware stuff because uh, you know that that does cover the cost. Yeah. So, um, you know, some sort of combination model where you can either take adware and get it for free, or at a much reduced rate, or pay um, you know some some small sum a month and then adware free. Well, see, so one thing with that, and and me and Katoro and uh, Big Bob have discussed this on a couple of occasions relating to the old FanCast AlternaCast days with the mm-hmm. equipment and with everything. One thing that me and Katoro have mentioned over and over as regards to paying for the software. And that is that if you were if the software is for instance, like with uh, Audio Realm in Texas, they have the streaming audio manager. And they that thing is basically a radio station in a box. And there's a lot of people that pay for it and they make upgrades every once in a while for free. But then there's the situation like with Live 365 where they have the software and you're paying for it 
and they don't do many upgrades, and there's no problems on either end, that you still have people that are paying, you know, either side of it. But then there's also the situation with the Internet, for some reason, and I've ever since I've started doing anything with the Internet back in 2000, and I've noticed this over and over, and that is that if you ask someone to pay for anything, whether it be even just a penny, boom, they're gone in droves. People, people do not want to pay for nothing. But at the same time, if you don't, the site's not going to be around too long. Right. Right. Well, and that's why I think you need to have either the advertising model, which is you know the adware stuff, or or the subscription model where folks can uh, can not you know can, can get rid of the adware or not have to go through that that route. Um, so you give people a choice. You know, you I know, think if I you let people to... broadcast for free, yeah, you, you'll have tons of people because you had tons of people before. But at the same time, there are a lot of people that are going to get on there. Uh, there was one guy I remember back in the day who. He got to be the number one show for like three weeks in a row because he turned on his his broadcast when he left his right. house, right. and it was the right. dead silence. Right. And right. people would tune in because they're like, is he going to say something? Then they'd tune out. <laughs> and he was like, what the hell is this? Well, you've got me, Big Bob, you've got Blackout, you've got, oh, my good buddy from Canton, Ohio on there. You've got all these people that are doing programs <laughs> and they're not getting anywhere because right. Silence Mabuza over here is doing a show about nothing. Literally a show about absolutely nothing. I like Seinfeld, yeah, but exactly. a show about nothing. The Seinfeld model taking the extreme, right? Hey, Seinfeld is popular stuff. Well, see, there you go. And, you know, you, you have the morons but then you have the situation there towards the end of AlternaCast where you had the, the only people that were tuning into the shows were the other broadcasters. Because they were paying, they were on the site, and it, there was no new audience. Right. But if you have the situation that you had before where you don't make people pay, your bandwidth costs are through the roof. You've got no way to, to recoup anything. So, you know... Unless you guys can figure out, and from what I can tell from what you said, you guys are working on it, that there is a way to make everybody happy. Well, yeah, you have to have enough traffic on the site, right? So you yeah. need to have people coming to the site to, to find radio programs. And, uh, you know, I think we have a strategy for the marketing so we can do that. And then you've got to have the quality of broadcasters to keep them there once they show up. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that, that might be by charging or the rankings or whatever it is. And, and I know you want to shoot some questions at me about the rankings. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but but <laughs> I want to get into the uh, the situation with the uh, the rankings, of course. But uh, what do you think of the future of alternative broadcasting? Since we've brought up podcasting and everything, I know there's a lot of people that are like, "Well, satellite radio and mainstream radio, internet radio has always been regulated, at least in my opinion." I've looked at it as like the new CB radio. Because mm -hmm. there's a lot of trolls on there that they just get on there and they want to be, you know, these big radio stars, but they have no plans of ever doing anything to be radio stars. Or you have guys who couldn't make it on mainstream radio, and I will hold up my hand to say that, that I actually, you know, made 
more of a more I wouldn't say a career, but uh, you know, actually got some training. And and I will have to say one thing. Now that I've got you on the phone. I want to wholeheartedly thank you for Alternacast because without Alternacast, I'd still probably be some little twit guy. Well, doing a radio show, and with being able to do the shows on there and being able to book guests and be able to do the different things, I managed right. to be able to have a long, successful radio thing going on the Internet, and I've uh, managed to get listed on bodybuilding.com with some of my interviews, and I've, I'm syndicated, yeah. and I've got all the things, so I want to wholeheartedly so thank you for uh, Alternacast. But well, I, I want to thank you, and I think, I think your question starts to answer itself because... Yeah. I think the future is guys like you. I mean, I, look, you're going to have... Oh, Jesus, we're all in trouble then. Jesus Christ, on a stick. We're all in trouble. But go ahead. You're going to have a lot of people out there who are going to give it a shot. Yeah. You're going to have a lot of people out there who are going to you know, try different things, successfully or unsuccessfully. And then you have people who are taking it seriously. And yeah. You know, the, the beauty of it is that anybody can give it a shot. And that's also the biggest weakness is because you get a lot of crap out there. And I think that's why yes. you know, having rankings is important. It's <laughs> showing people who, who, the, who the people, you know, who, who the good, uh, you know, the, 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 yeah. the cream rises to the top. And then those guys can make a career out of them. So, I mean, look, like you said, for a lot of young guys, a lot of guys who had dreams of being broadcasters showed up uh, on FanCast and AlternaCast and gave it a shot. And you know, some of them found out, hey, it's not for me. Some of them found out it is for me, but I don't have the talent. And some, you know, some are going a different direction. Maybe get, you know, yeah. Maybe maybe do something a little different with it. And there's guys like you who had the talent, had the stick to itness. Well, I don't know what I would say that I would do with talent. Go ahead first. And you did you absolutely have talent. You listen to you, and you can tell that you know you're natural for, for radio. Uh, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I didn't say if I looked at you. I there you go. In in <laughs> relation to the the future of alternative broadcasting, it's something me and Katola have talked about on a few occasions, and that is it used to be audio, like with Alternacast. You know, yeah. it was audio. You got Life Three Sixty Five. Everything's audio. Now it's video. YouTube. Yeah. You look at um, well, any, any of these other places. It's short little videos, or it's alternative, like, internet television. Right. Like, uh, for instance, uh, the wrestling company, TNA Wrestling, they have a weekly video show on their website. And it's... Which is great. And, and there's definitely a, a place for that in, in, in the world. And, and you know, television or video is going to be compelling on, on some level for some folks. But, you know, if you look at podcasting and you look at the fact that there are people on the go who want to listen to new and interesting content... Yeah. Um, you know, what we give them the opportunity to do, what, you know, what we will give them the opportunity to do in the near future, is to host a talk show. I mean, talk is, is a very compelling oh, yeah. format. People yeah. like to hear the discussion of ideas with other people. And, you know, you put on the Internet where there's people from all over the world talking about different things. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah. You know, it, it gets pretty interesting pretty quickly. And, you know, you don't necessarily need to be sitting oh, in front yeah. of your computer to listen to it now because you can have your four or five broadcasters show up, do a show together, Put it on a podcast. We'll just help you distribute it, and and then you're being listened to as people are, you know, going on their jogs or in the car, wherever it is. There's traditional places where radio are. So well, I think this opens up a huge, oh, yeah. listening market for us, and I think it's it's a perfect complement for our technology. And that's and that's the one thing that I've noticed with uh, several shows. There used to be a, a website I was affiliated with, and I noticed that every website I'm affiliated with, they all go out of business. But the thing is, 
you look at uh, uh, this one one website called AmpCast.com. They had uh, it was a music site. You know, you could download you you know unsigned band music and listen to music, and they had right. radio shows and all that. Well, Katola was on there for the longest time, and he had a show every Thursday night at like eight Eastern, and he had a chat room and he had all the stuff. Well, then he had the replays and he had he posted the the shows on his website in MP3. Well, now with the podcasting, every night's Thursday night. Exactly. You know, he, 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 he's got more people podcasting than he did with his live show. And I just well, find that's this that, that's just the amazing. Of, you know, I don't, watch, I don't watch Scrubs or Wrestling or whatever yeah. TV shows my of course, when they're on. I, I don't even know when they're on anymore. I, I get on my DVR. And I, and I pull them up when I want to pull them exactly. up. I, I go to websites when I want to go to them. My best so I, I don't make a lot of appointments. <laughs> Heck, making an appointment to get on the phone with you took us you know, three or four times, yeah. right? I mean, you, you just don't schedule yourself like that anymore. And, and you don't, you know, your entertainment needs to be available for when you want to be available. Yeah. I think the podcast was one of the key missing pieces when we did this the last time. And the other thing I want to point out is bloggers. We did yes. have bloggers last time. Yes. And the bloggers do two things. One, they like new and interesting technologies. So I think we'll get a lot of marketing uh, juice from them when we, when we launch again. And, uh, and they can spread, help us spread the word. And those are folks who have communities you know, of, of readers uh, or, you know, or who have their own websites or whatever it is. And they may want to connect with those guys on a, on a well, talk basis. That brings, up, every couple weeks. that brings up an interesting uh, point. There's, an, there's another broadcast that was on. Alternacast and Fancast and Lycos Blackout. This mm-hmm. guy has, and, and I was just simply amazed when I discovered this guy. He had his radio show. He had his website. He had a whole little community that was just obsessed with this guy. I remember him. I, it, I was remember like him. A, it was like a low-rider Jim Rome. This guy. Yep. <laughs> and he, and he, was, he was a blogger before there were bloggers. Yeah. Yep. And that's another thing about alternate guys. You really find these guys who are on the leading edge, and, and you know you get guys from or people from all walks of life and all uh, you know different points of view. But these are folks who are not willing, who are not concerned about taking a risk and trying something oh, yeah. different. And you know what? For every hundred of them, ten, fifteen of them are, are onto something. Yeah. Well, and that that brings up another another broadcaster. Uh, there was a guy that went from being on Alternacast to actually becoming some, somewhat mainstream, and that was that uh, JR from Talk Show America. The guy yep. ended up getting a radio job out of it. Yep, yep. And I've gotten a few emails like that of, hey, Adam, I just want to let you know I, I ended up here in yeah. Banks. And, it's you know, it's, it's, it's an amazing thing. You, you look at these guys where, you know, they showed up at Alternative Castle like, oh, well, you know, this is kind of cool. I'm going to see what I can do. They start doing a show. They start liking it. Then people start hearing them. I know right. one thing that, and still to this day, I wish I had the, I wish I would have captured the damn audio. And this is, and this brings up the point that we were talking about earlier. I was doing my show one night. I don't know what the hell I was doing. Who knows what the hell we were talking about? I'm sure what we were talking about was my buddy. But the, um, we were, we were doing all sorts of things. I get an email a couple of days later from Alan Combs of Fox News. It was like, hey, I went to this website called Turnicast, heard your show, blah, blah, blah. We started corresponding back and forth. And I'm like thinking, what the hell, Bobby? I've <laughs> got all these, you know, you just never know. And this is what I always tell these unsigned bands that put stuff on the Internet. They're like, well, you know, I didn't get signed or 
I've had my music up on, you know, MySpace or whatever. That's another thing I want to get into with you. And uh, you look at some of these things, and I'm like, you never know who's listening. You just never know. Right. I, I, you know, I, I, I go to parties or, or meet people out or whatever, and I see I'm, I'm running this little website called Alternacast, and people say, oh, yeah, I've heard of that. Right. You know, I've, I've listened to a show. Yeah. And I'm like, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's an amazing, amazing little thing. Um, yeah. To bring up MySpace, what do you think of that? You know, I, I was just cruising it this morning. Uh, I have not had a lot of, uh, of, of, of experience with it. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of an older guy. I mean, I'm, I'm in my 30s now. So you know, I, was just I, was in my, I was in my late 20s, and, and you know, I was talking yeah. to my cousin about it, and he's, he's 25, and he's like, you know what, I think I'm getting a little old for, for, for MySpace. Yeah. Well, MySpace <laughs> seems to be a place where if it's bad and it's negative, it's on the Internet, it's there. It's kind of like what the George W. Bush saying, oh, we're fighting them in Iraq, we're fighting them over there, we're keeping them contained over there. I look at MySpace as like the Iraq of the Internet. Every <laughs> nasty, horrible thing you could do is there. The, the child molesters are on there, these little right. peeny bopper chicks that, you know, just want attention out of their parents or whatever, right. flashing their boobs on there. I'm like, what the hell are we doing with this thing? And everybody's got a MySpace page. I was looking on there. Uh, Jesus has like about 33 different MySpace pages. <laughs> I just don't understand <laughs> why Jesus is on it. I'm, I, of course, I'm on there. I know that, uh, you know, and, and these in these friends lists, you know, you get like a, for instance, and this, and I kind of equated MySpace a couple weeks ago when I was talking to somebody, to Alternacast. You look at, um, this Tilla Tequila chick, she was oh. on MySpace. She's got like about a billion friends, and then all of a sudden she's on the cover of Maxim magazine. Right. And right. I'm like, what? And then you look at like Alternacast, and like we were talking earlier with JR. Okay, he's on there. And then all of a sudden he's mainstream, and I'm like, what? What the hell is going on here? Yeah, that's, that's the craziest stuff <laughs> the internet is. You get a following, and you know you build up an audience. But you know, going back to your original point, it, it also gives you know whether it's MySpace, Alternacast, whatever it was, yeah. it gives people a chance to fail. Oh yeah, you need to have that because especially yes. in the radio game. I mean, who's going to give you a chance to get up there and screw it all up, right? And no, then, and then nobody. Get it and, and fix it. I mean, you're lucky if you get a chance to begin with. You got to be somebody's cousin's or cousin or brother. Exactly. That would be overnight. Exactly. <laughs> and, and, you know, what you need in any kind of business or any kind of trade is you need a chance to screw it up a couple of times. Yeah. You need a chance to go on and, and fall flat on your face and, and, and fail. And, and once you have a chance to do that, you learn and you, you fix it and you make it better the next time. Well, I'll tell you, the, uh, another thing that came out of Alternacast, which I just find so damn strange it, every time I, I bring it up to people, and that is you guys had an online magazine. What the hell was going on with that? The mic. You, joyful yeah, that, that, that and then you not, had it, and then it was gone, and yeah, that, that was now not I own affiliated. it. I know that works, but go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 didn't, I didn't run the mic. Um, that was somebody who was a fan of, uh, of the service who wanted to put that up, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm always happy to, to talk to anybody who wants to promote, promote what we're doing. But there you go. Um, no, that, that that was not a that was not an alternative cast owned or 
operated uh, yeah. website. Well, it it was it was cool there for a while, and then it just I don't know what the hell happened with it. And like I said, now I run it as a like a a blog, which is strange in itself. But uh, <laughs> there's a lot of people that are like you're running the mic. I'm like, yeah. Unfortunately, I awesome. I awesome. got I got I got put with that thing. Um, something else, and we'll we'll get into the uh, the the charge for one thing with like charging the broadcasters. Why? What was the whole plan behind that? What What was the like with the the price situation? What What made you guys say, okay, this is what we're charging? Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, and that takes me back. Man, yeah, this is this is a lot of years ago. Oh yeah, <laughs> remember, yes. remember all this stuff. Um, you know, I, uh, boy, how did we decide what to charge? Um, I, I think I would have to take a pass and just say I, I don't remember. I, I know yeah. we did some sort of analysis. I think we tried to talk to a couple folks to see what we thought a fair price was. You know, we were obviously yeah. trying yeah. to do some math to figure out how we can cover our own costs. Um, but you know, I, a lot of it just like. You know, you guys had a chance to fail. We had a chance to fail too. Yeah. And we we were we had to take some wild ass guesses from time to time. And uh, look, you know, I've I've learned a lot more about how to run a business since then. I mean, I, I was a guy who's gone gone to law school and, and and worked as a lawyer and hated it and wanted to try something different. So I uh, I, I you know did the best I could to to start a, you know something I thought was a good idea. And a oh, good idea cool. is only um, maybe one percent of what you need. Yeah. The other ninety nine percent is <laughs> a little bit of experience and guidance and knowledge and, and hard work. And, you know, I put in a lot of hard work on it, but I didn't always know quite what I was doing. And, yeah. um, you know, I, I've stayed in the Internet space since, since that uh, experience and, and learned, you know, how to be a part of a successful Internet business. And, um, you know, I, I, I think that's – if I'd known now, if I'd known then what I know now, I think we would have done a lot better job in keeping it alive. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you uh, that brings me to my to my next big question, and that is the rating situation. There's a lot of people that believe, and including people in my camp, believe that you could rig the rating somehow. <laughs> Was uh, that ever possible? Uh, 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 I'm going to give you the the unvarnished truth about the rating. <laughs> okay. Ready? It's 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 something I have no idea how it works. Okay. And I I, I have no idea. Something was built by uh, by the guys in Seattle, and it was an yeah. algorithm. And they, they once tried to explain it to me, but they were even a little hush hush about it. And it had something to do with obviously how long you were online, okay. how, how long yeah. you podcast for, yeah. the maximum number of listeners, and the number and the number of calls you took. And I know the number of uh-huh. calls you took wasn't for uh-huh. there it is. So they, you know they they wanted you to do that, but I've never seen the actual algorithm, uh, and I don't even know. I mean, frankly, I, I've never seen a line of code. I mean, I yeah. have guys who do that for me. I'm not a coder. I don't know anything about it. And I know that the ratings worked mostly. I know that it, yeah. but I know that they also had some, some real problems with them, and I get a lot of calls of, hey, I just dropped, and I just had a great show. What happened? <laughs> um, but I will, I will say this. I did always get to see the logs on, you know, who had what shows and how many callers they had and how yeah. long they were on for. And the people who thought they were being wronged usually were not being wronged. Yeah. Like, I, I could go back in and see what they were doing, and, you know, I always felt comfortable that the ratings looked pretty accurate yeah. based on, on, on what the logs showed. Now, maybe they weren't getting logged for some reason. That's a different story. But um, the best I could tell, the ratings were pretty good. 
and if we get the thing up and running again, we have problems with it. I'll, I'll be sure to take a look at it. Well, I'll tell you that the rating system you guys had on FanCast and on TurnerCast, hell of a lot better than the one that Lycos had. I don't okay. think those people understood what the hell was going on because there were shows that would be number one that they do one show, and you'd never hear from them ever again, and they're number right. one. And there were shows. I'm on there, Blackout was on there, my buddy from Canton, Ohio, there were other people that were on there over and over and over, and they couldn't crack the top ten. And I'm like thinking, okay, there are some serious issues here. Well, then when we went over to FanCast, it it balanced itself out. Okay. And then when, it, and then when we got to AlternaCast, uh, there were different people that, and I'll just, you know, I just find it so strange. They they were obsessed with the number one rating, and they would rig things. And I I was talking to different people that were involved with the lovely Fallout Shelter, and they would years later, and they were telling me, you know how he did that? And I said, no, how the hell did he do that? And they said, well, it's dependent on like you were saying earlier, how many calls you take, how many listeners you've got. And he said, what they would do is he'd have there was I guess three lines or whatever. And he'd right. have two. He'd have one guy call in, and he'd talk to him. But he didn't have two other people call in, and they just sat on hold. Right. And they'd right. go to bed. Right. And then he'd be done with his show, and it would just automatically click it off. There was a lot of times where they they said, "You know what? What really screwed both you and him over a lot of times was the fact that he'd talk smack on you, you talk smack on him. People would go back and forth between the shows. Well, every single time they'd do that, it would register another listener." Well, they said the, the first time that I managed to beat him in the ratings, it was because he had a whole bunch of listeners, and some, he made some nasty comment about me. So they all went in droves at once <laughs> and came over to my show. Well, then, because of that, it registered that I took all his audience. And they right, stayed for like right, five right. seconds, and they went back. But it right. still registered I had all those listeners. And it was just funny. It, 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 it's like we even found, <laughs> you guys discovered the best way to increase your ratings is to have a fight. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, 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 wrote, I, wrote, a, uh, I wrote a series of columns later on uh, years after AlternaCast that said that the DJ battle is the ultimate game in radio. You guys just got arrested. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, the, 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 the hip hop DJs who, uh, who, who right. took gangster rap way too seriously. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, Opie and Anthony and Howard Stern's another good example. Now, granted, they both hate each other like poison, but at the same time, it's good for business. Oh, uh, so, they both hate uh, each other all the way to the bank. <laughs> But well, I'll tell you what, I actually got to get going here. Okay, uh, yeah. Gonna, I, I, I caught about 45 minutes, but I'm happy to do this again sometime. Oh, yeah, definitely. I want to let you know and, and, your, and your listeners know that if they want to uh, get in touch with me, the best way to do that via email is adamjet at yahoo.com. Okay. And you can uh, you know, send along any questions they have about the service or uh, their thoughts on how, how it uh, should be if, when and if we re- relaunch it. And um, we'll definitely take all that feedback into account. Oh, yeah. Well, keep me updated. Okay. I'm real interested on this. This is uh, been a good talk. But, uh, yeah, I'll get you an email this evening, and uh, we'll have to have you back on again sometime this spring, or not spring, summer, and maybe the fall. Great. Okay, Appreciate thanks a lot. Talk to you later. Bye.
We're back here on the Jiggy Jaguar show. We're speaking with Bill from the website cyberpump.com. Uh, for people who aren't up on the latest, you know, weightlifting, bodybuilding, sports websites, what is cyberpump.com? Well, Cyberpump really covers all different aspects associated with strength training, bodybuilding, powerlifting, strongman, um, yeah. uh, lifting related to sport, um, grip strength, pretty much the, the whole um, bag of tricks with respect to developing the body. Yeah. You've got a lot of uh, interesting stuff on there. How yeah. do you guys assemble the uh, material for the website? Well, currently there's there's quite a few people that, that contribute on a regular basis. And actually the website's over 10 years old. And wow. So just by definition, um, when you update almost on a daily basis, you get to acquire quite a bit of information in one place. Yeah. And then what we've also done is expanded in it into uh, several dot-coms, so it's really a, a network now. Wow. It's not just a single website. How did uh, cyberpump.com come to exist? You mentioned it's been around for 10 years. How did you? Well, it actually uh, there used to be, when the Internet was just getting started, one of the first places to get a free homepage was called GeoPages. Oh. It was, it was actually run out of a bank, believe it or not, funded um, <laughs> from, a bank, from a bank. And what happened after that, it went to GeoPages. It was just run by a handful of people. It probably are millionaires by now, by the way. And <laughs> I thought it would be cool just to you know, put an image out on the web because the web in, you know, in the early 90s was fairly new. Yeah. And GeoPages then went to GeoCities. Okay. Oh, yeah. And then GeoCities was bought by Yahoo, I believe. And then just about that, just prior to that, the, the site got too big. And it had to get my own .com. And so so that's when it actually became, instead of just having, you know, GeoCities as part of the name, it actually became a .com yeah. um, later in time. So. Wow. That's quite a journey. Yeah, it's probably one of the oldest. Um, strength training websites currently on the web right now. So. Man, well, um, you mentioned when you when you go to cyberpump.com, uh, it pops up uh, the the home of uh, high intensity training. Yeah, it's always that's basically its roots, and it's always been that way. And as you know, there's always controversy associated with that. But yeah. it's, it's what you call a real high intensity training, where you're going to find the most information on that, and Keep in mind, it's the, the people, myself included, that are involved in Cyberpump aren't dogmatic like you might hear certain factions out there with the hitters, so to speak, in high-intensity training. Yeah. And if you're really, um, the one area, for example, the Arthur Jones Museum, I mean, if you're looking at high-intensity training, you're looking at Arthur Jones. And again, we started that dot-com on the Cyberpump network as well. It's part of the collection of collecting Arthur Jones and what he actually wrote about what high-intensity training really is, and back when you, the Nautilus days, and uh, we have all sorts of information on on Arthur Jones and, and the real high-intensity training. Yeah. Well, um, I know there's a lot of people that uh, have heard of the the Mike Metzger system of high-intensity training. Exactly. Um, why is that so controversial? Why is it so controversial? I think. I think part of the reason is is some of the people that are that claim to 
uh, really know what it's all about. And you know, Mike's not around anymore. Yeah. And I think he he uh, he did capitalize on on you know the name high intensity training and and one of you know one of the proponents of it. And and then things got a little bit radical. You know, we're yeah. talking about you know one workout a month type things, and then people got even more radical and and said almost to the point where he didn't have to work out at all, which was ridiculous. <laughs> and that was that was never the intention of, of that Arthur Jones had with high intensity training. And uh, so just that alone, uh, things got kind of what would you say warped. Yeah. And, uh, and and so that's part of the the way that there's some some bad name uh, bad blood and, and and bad feelings associated with the word high intensity training and. And if you go to some of the message boards, it's still today you can start up the, the uh, you know, hit versus the world argument. So Yeah. And it doesn't have to be that way whatsoever. I mean, everything basically works, okay? Yeah. So, anyway. Well, I'll, I'll tell you, we've, we've had a bunch of uh, bodybuilders and weightlifters on before, uh, strongman athletes, and they mention uh, the high-intensity training, and sometimes people come down on different uh, sides of the fence, so I figured I'd get your take on that. Yeah, it really, I mean, it all comes down to progression. I don't care what you're doing. Um, you have to be, you have to progress, and you have to recover. And yeah. however means you're able to do that, you know, I've, I've always, like I said, when I first started lifting, I learned a lot. I've been lifting for almost 30 years. There's pretty much everything works, and you have those same basic principles. I don't care what program you're doing. And you know what? More power to you. If you can work out six days a week for four hours a day, and you have that much time and you enjoy doing it, more power to you. Yeah. And, and same thing with the person that, you know, if once, although I do think it's ridiculous with the once a month workouts, um, that go ahead. I mean, go for it. If, if they're still making gains <laughs> and it's happy and it fits into what their lifestyle is, yeah. Um, no matter what it is, you know, more power to them. What is the ideal uh, workout duration for someone who's, you know, tried everything? What What is the the perfect or the you know most accepted form? Depends on what the person's goals are. Are yeah. you talking about a, a, whether it could be a, a housewife, it could be a competitive athlete, it could be a competitive athlete in a strength sport. It, it all depends on what that person's goals are. It could be a busy executive, for example. Any workout is better than no workout. Yeah. And I don't and I don't care what the program is. It's the activity itself and pumping iron itself. That's where it's really at. It's not just the perfect routine. So you know what? My take is if someone, as long as they're doing it, yeah. that's better than not doing it. Well, that's cool. That is that is a that is, that is a cool way to look at things. Uh, with Cyberpump, you mentioned earlier that um, it's a place for uh, athletes of all weight training uh, specialties. Where do you come down on uh, the popularity of strongman? Why is strongman set getting more popular as the days and weeks go by? Well, I think it's it, well, it's getting more press. I, I really do. I, I do think, you know, even if you look, tonight I was flipping through the channels um, before you called, believe it or not, yeah. and I can't remember the channel, it was OLN or something, and yeah. I, didn't reckon, I didn't even recognize what it was, that what contest it was, you know, when I was flipping through. I didn't sit and watch it long enough, I told my son, I said, look at this, the strongman on again. 
and I think it's getting more exposure. So anything related to that as well, people are starting to relate, and they're starting to get more unique in some of the feats associated with what they're doing in the strongman contest. Yeah. And there's more people getting involved. And I think you get you have more young people getting involved in strongman. It's starting to get out into the colleges and universities, even on football squads. You know, where you, the, the division one, you know, all division oh, yeah. football players are starting to do some form of strongman. So, so I think that's really the the grassroots of it is is popularity is increasing on all the different levels. So yeah. more people are doing it. Well, I know that um, you like you said earlier the the OLN uh, show. That's the uh, it's a strongman. Which seems, uh, for, I've seen it a few times, and it seems to me that it's the guys that used to be in the world's strongest man. Yep, I think it was. They're now in the IFSA strongest man. And yeah, is that, is, um, it's very interesting that, that there's two uh, strongman organizations. Well, I get, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> wherever there's money, yeah. you know, a lot of times, too, <laughs> that's what's going to happen. When it, whenever there's competing, whenever there's differences even in rules and the politics associated with you look at, I was, I'm a former competitive powerlifter. Yeah. And there was like two organ. When I was powerlifting in the early 80s, there was like two organizations, okay? Yeah. There was the USPF when it just first got started, and then the American Drug-Free Powerlifting Association that Bro- Brother Bennett started. Yeah. And that was it when I was powerlifting. Wow. Now you have all sorts of organizations. And all sorts of differences, equipment, drug testing, you name it. So yeah. um, it's gotten pretty watered down from that, that perspective. And hopefully Strongman doesn't, although it, it seems to be on a similar path, if you were to ask yeah. one of them. So. Well, I've noticed that uh, you mentioned powerlifting. A lot of powerlifters are uh, getting into Strongman as, yeah, a, as an alternative or even just something to do extra on the side because they had a... Uh, local competition, I think it was a North American Strongman, the Amateur Strongman Association or something, they had a uh, local competition, local meet. Uh, oh, God, where was that? It was probably uh, 50 miles from where we're actually broadcasting it. And um, they did it at a mall. And <laughs> I don't think they planned that that many people was going to show up because the place was packed. And it was not just a case of people wandered through on their way to do their other shopping. Oh, look, you know, some guy's lifting something heavy. People camped out, and they didn't have any walking room in, in that area of the mall because everybody was there to see the strongman, and I noticed a lot of the guys that competed at that meet especially were all former powerlifters. Yeah, that's no doubt because, you know, myself, I was an athlete in high school, yeah. and, and I wasn't good enough in any particular sport to go on and play in, in college, but but powerlifting was something that I started, and I could compete in powerlifting, so I think there's a lot of guys that, and, and gals out there that are, that are former competitive athletes that may have gone into powerlifting, and now there's another venue at, even at, at more of a local level that yeah. they can compete at, you know, that the competition, and, and besides powerlifting, and, and again, you're talking about um, with strongman not just being strong with some of the events. Obviously, you have to have the athletic ability as well. Yeah. So I think that's that's part of the draw for people, even such as myself that, that may have been, be interested because they're former competitive athletes. They just want to get out there and compete again. Yeah. And set those new goals, especially. 
Oh, yeah, that, so. that seems to be. And I notice now, if you look in some of the, uh, well, some of the websites and even some of the, in the back of some of the bodybuilding and powerlifting magazines, they have uh, strongman equipment you can buy. Oh, so you, you can actually train for the event. I remember years ago watching, you know, the old Bill Kazmaier World's Strongest Man competitions that they had on ESPN, and you would see these guys competing, but you wouldn't see anything that they could use to train for an event. Right, and that that obviously the again when you you got more people competing, the, the competitors get they more savvy associated with it and realize that you know there are there is skill associated with some of the yeah. events, and so now it's it's a de definitive advantage to be able to train on implement similar as close to what you might might be using in the contest, and obviously you know you talk about past history of the world's strongest man, there was always somewhat of a controversy with respect to the equipment and, and a few of the competitors either being able to use the equipment beforehand or the events being better suited to those competitors, such as yeah. the, the, the 400 meter, I think it was 400 meters, that was uh, Odie Wilson against, yeah. uh, I can't remember the guy, but, but he was, Odie Wilson was just huge. And he was the, obviously the strongest guy in that contest. Yeah. And I think it was John Paul, I can't remember his last name, starts with an F, and yeah. they did 400-meter run, and, and it was obviously tailored um, <laughs> for John Paul because yeah. it was not going to, it was like running with a 200-pound pack, backpack. And, yeah. and so I, th I think the competitors, you know, understand, you know, it's a little different in those situations now, and they, they realize that, you know, they need, it's a distinct advantage to be uh, actually working out with the, the, the same event going to be in a contest. So. Yeah. Well, um, something else in, in relating to the whole powerlifting thing, I've noticed that seems to be there's a lot of uh, former powerlifters, former bodybuilders, that what they do, the, the big thing now seems to be they're getting into professional wrestling. I've <laughs> I just think yeah. that is the, the oddest thing. I know that Mark Henry, former uh, Olympic-level powerlifter, is uh, big time in WWE, and he's gotten a lot of a bad reputation over the last couple of years because he seems to injure a lot of people. And I don't know if it's a case of he's a former powerlifter, so he really doesn't know how strong he is, or if it's that he's uncoordinated or, or what it is. But well, he's, he is definitely, I don't know if you know, Mark Henry is one of the, the uh, first guys to actually um, – clean the, the inch dumbbell, and I don't know if you know the inch wow. dumbbell, 172 yeah. pounds, and it, it's, it's basically over a two-inch thick handle on it, and it's a globe, okay? I don't know <laughs> if you're familiar with it, but, but he is just bull strong, yeah. and, and he has an incredible grip, um, and so I guess it doesn't surprise me either from that perspective, because where, there's, where the money is again, yeah. <laughs> you know, where that draw is, and even the the uh, exposure, you know, the public exposure can lead to other things as well. Yeah. So, um, speaking of grip, as part of the one of the, if you want to call it strongman, we've got um, on Cyberpump is, is gripboard.com, which is oh really, which is really the number one site. There's over 60 captains across on the grip board. Wow. And 80. The, there's the, the Iron Mind Enterprises has a, a rep bending the 
red nail, okay? Yeah. Certification, over 80% of that list are on the grip board as well. And, and, not, and some of the strongest guys, talk about everybody that we've previously talked about. One common thing, it doesn't matter whether 140 pounds to a competitive pilot, this is to actual strongman competitors. Yeah. To those who don't even hardly work out, to bodybuilders, when you bring talk about grip strength, it's something that, that all can do, you know, whether it's bending nails yeah. or closing grippers. So it's a real diverse group on the grip board, and that's part of Cyber Pump as well. And uh, it's pretty interesting because you do get all the different different flavors of people. So Yeah. Well, with grip, I've noticed that um, it's not just something that, uh, power lifters and weightlifters and strongmen do. I seen a uh, thing on ESPN last summer, I think it was, and it was a, a breaking competition or whatever, and it was from the U.S. Karate Open, and there was these karate guys, and they had a heck of a grip strength. They were doing all sorts of things. They were tearing the phone books, and <laughs> there's we've got we've got climbers. Okay. Yeah, is another thing we've got we've got gymnasts. Um, we've got people in the martial arts, so that's why it's kind of interesting when you know when the grip board was first started. It's grown to be a really large community, and, yeah. and I've seen. And the one neat thing about it, and this is what what I think is the really neatest thing. If you've been to some of the message boards, is there never is any of the arguments about oh wow. what's the best routine. That's nice. Yeah, it's <laughs> because <laughs> that's incredibly. Yeah, it really is. Is I've I've never seen it anywhere else, and and I'm not sure whether it's just because no one knows exactly what really does work because when it's very obvious that everything works in some fashion. Yeah. But you never get the arguments that one one routine is better than some other person's routine. So wow. It's, it's That's I've never nice. seen it anywhere else. It continues to baffle me today. You know, for the last probably five years now as to why that is, but. You know, I obviously moderate it, and and I've never had to ban anyone or or step into any training arguments. So, pretty refreshing if you go out there on the yeah. internet. Yeah, yeah, so. because I I know that is one thing that is very prevalent with the uh, the mixed martial arts community. Their message boards they go back and forth, and they talk so much smack, and they cut each other down, and I'm like, what is going on here? Yeah, you just you get that pretty much a lot of different places. They start arguing over what the best routine is. Yeah. The best, what whatever the best is. I don't care what it is. Even the best car, you know. Yeah. From that perspective, and and when it comes to grip, I don't know what it is. Everybody just respects everybody else. You know, you could have one person say I work grip once a month, another person say I'm doing it ten times a day, and no one will sit there and argue. So. <laughs> yeah, it's. it's as you know, you're laughing because you know it works yeah. the cases out there on the internet. You probably go any one day and see an argument yeah. break out about what's oh, the best yeah. routine and who's, what's the correct method for training. Yeah, so. it's, it's insane. It just really is. Um, you've got a section on bodybuilding.com with a bunch of uh, training articles. And you bet. I was looking at your uh, one of your articles on there about add one pound a week for continuous gains. Yep. Give us a little scoop on that. Well, actually, um, it it came down to uh, there's a a company that that I, actually was Stuart McRobert and Hard Gainer fame that that first talked about using small plates. And 
really can't tell that small of an increment. And when yeah. I started looking at the numbers, you know, this is later on, you know, if you start looking at the numbers, for example, in a squat, and you start you say, okay, I'm going to add five pounds of workout, you know, for every week for 52 weeks, yeah. and I start at 200, well, you can start doing the math, okay? Oh, yeah. That becomes ridiculous, okay? So you've so you got to find a way to trick your body into, again, progression, all right? Yeah. So you can trick your body by putting on what can be an imperceptible weight to your nervous system. And yeah. it really does work. The thing about it, it won't work if you don't have the patience. See, what most people do when they add that five pounds of workout, they either start using bad form, and eventually they may switch exercises, and then it sort of looks like they're getting stronger. But they're not. Just because they switched exercises, that's why they, they seem to yeah. be, you know, increasing the weight in that exercise again, but it's a different exercise. So what happens is, is people get injured, okay? Yeah. That's the normal thing that happens, right? And then they start all over again. And one way to, to hopefully stay closer to your maximum is to just tweak the game. And, a, again, you don't always have to do it. Yeah. Cycle, for example. Oh, yeah. So, so it's just another method of progression again, another idea, just like bands and chains, for example. Those are other ideas, again, for variations in your training. Yeah. And, that, again, the bottom line is progression. So. Well, it's a, it's a real good training technique because, like you were saying, there's a lot of guys that get in there and they they add weight wrong or they go up too fast. or Yeah, and what happens, like I said, if you look at the numbers, the numbers don't lie when you say, okay, I, I'm going to all of a sudden I'm doing 200 for 10. Yeah, I had 5 pounds a week. It's over 250 pounds. I'm going to be 450 for 10 in a year, you know, maybe. Majority of us, majority of us out there, no way. Yeah. Okay, even if you put on two years, if you say, okay, you put on the next year, then I'm going to be up over, you know what, 700 for 10. Yeah. So, so you got to do something to, when the, when you start, you know, getting stagnant from the standpoint of some of your max weights. And, and that, again, using small plates and, and plate mates and, and, and PDAs, fractional plates, are just a method to do that. Yeah. Know? Well, another article you've got on there is uh, – and I was I was reading this earlier. It's the it's the newest one, the Mash Monster. Oh yeah, he's with Gregory Allen. Yeah, the, the Mash Monster. Mash Monster is 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 the certification for grip strength that was um, started by the members of the Grip Board. Yeah. Um, and w the reason it was started was we start the, all these people get in one room, they start talking. Well, Iron Mind had a, a Captain of Crush certification, and come to find out the grippers vary, okay? Yeah. They, they just have to. They're, they're you know, they're $20, $20, dollars grippers, okay, with springs. Yeah. And we got to talking, and, and and because of the manufacturing variability, when one guy would say, hey, I'm a captain of Crush, and they'd exchange grippers, you know, one guy's gripper was a heck of a lot easier. And he was <laughs> certified. Yeah. So what we decided was we'd have the original guy that created that actually did the first Captain's Crush Grippers warranty. We had him make special grippers to different wow. levels. And we those grippers actually travel around. So there's no guesswork, okay? <laughs> when you compare That's one nice. person to the next, okay? Yeah. When they close the Mash Monster 1 gripper, it's the same gripper, okay? It's because the grippers wow. get, they, yeah, we, we basically send them to the witness. And then we use technology, too. We've upgraded that part of the process. 
Yeah. It's not eyeballs. We actually use video. So we wow. actually use video, and we can actually see how far the person set it in their hand and make sure that it's also closed as well. And so it has to be videotaped. Yeah. And, and the videotape is reviewed by judges just like powerlifting. So, and there's actually right now, um, the, t the king of the mountain is actually Dave Morton. Yeah. And he's closed, uh, I believe, a Mass Monster. I think we're up to level seven now. Wow. And that thing is a, that thing is cheap. Dave Morton and, and the guys up at the top, if you look in the MassMonster.com page, are just beasts. Wait, on Bodybuilding.com, those are the that's the first level, okay, which is pretty yeah. darn good, okay. And you have to ha have a heck of a crush grip in order to be able to certify. But there's actually guys that, that started in we call it the Mass Monster ladder. And they've actually had to go up that ladder again, closing the grippers as they go up. And, and we kind of have a there's a pyramid. If you go to massmonster.com, there actually is a little pyramid, and you can see who's the king of the hill. And oh, that's cool. what we like to do is kind of open it up to all comers type of thing. Yeah. And say, okay, if Mass Monster, this is the king of the hill. Is there anyone out there that we, you know, we'll, we'll give you a shot? And we we thought about doing that. And majority, obviously, it's all done through the grip board. So, yeah. Um, so anyway, that's kind of the, the story on the Mass Monster. It's all it's kind of a, a, a gripper certification by the by the people for the people type of thing. That's so, cool. Yeah. Uh, another uh, sport that I thought of earlier that utilizes grip that is starting to be a, a big deal. It's not as it's not as big as strongman is getting, but that's arm wrestling. Oh yeah, actually we have now a subsection <laughs> on the grip board. I'll tell you, I watched uh, my TiVo actually taped that for me one time, and I thought, arm wrestling, what? So I was watching this, and that is actually some pretty exciting stuff. You bet. We've got quite... I, and they've got what? some personalities in there. They've got this guy, uh, Ron Bath. He looks like a, a psycho when he gets up there, and he just he just beats people. Just yeah, there's some there's some really intense guys. In fact, yeah. I forgot about that. We have a sub form on the grip board that's 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 um, dedicated to the arm arm wrestler arm wrestlers and arm wrestling in general because yeah. that's another direct application of of, of guy. We have guys that, that are competing. Um, a couple guys, and, and we have one woman. I think she did really well. Um, that that's competing internationally that that are on the grip board as well. So. It's uh yeah it's it's definitely another another sport that's out there that's growing in popularity. Of course, poker was too. So. <laughs> <laughs> like poker probably is getting more more coverage uh, than bodybuilding on ESPN. Okay, so. I'm. They used to bodybuilding used to be. Uh, ESPN used to televise. They had American Muscle Magazine. Oh, I used to love watching that. Yeah. Show. I, I used to love watching that show. I used to <laughs> tape that. And then there was a show with Sean Ray. Yeah. What was uh, I think it was Flex, Flex Magazine Workout. Flex Magazine Workout. Yeah. Kevin Lavoni, when he was on there, I used to love yeah. that. I had that on tape, and I watched that over and over again. Sean Ray and Boyer Cohen and some of yeah. that. It was great. That was a great. That was a great. I just used to love watching that show and take. I had that on so many VHS tapes, <laughs> watching it over and over again. And of course, I had. I was catching the junior nationals. Yeah. You know, and Kevin won the junior nationals. I had that on tape. I still have it somewhere down in my basement. And uh, man, he came out of nowhere. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, they had. So they had some good, 
good stuff on there. That and now I hear he's making movies. Yeah, trying to break yeah, into the he movie was a rapper too, wasn't he? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I, I heard <laughs> he was making movies, kind of an action, action like kind of like Arnold. So yeah, well, power was, to him. They had a picture of him in uh, Flex magazine two months ago or three, and he was a, he's skinny. He does not look. The only way you could tell Sam is out of the face. Yeah, he's just he had his shirt off, and it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. what did you do with Kevin? <laughs> <laughs> he was he's just a little detrained, but man, he could he the, the the guy when he was competing, you know, you have to give him yeah. hats off to uh, being able to to have the self control to to let his body, you know, heal up type of thing. It's yeah. Like, and, and and didn't had the self confidence to to not you know worry about getting smaller during that time. So yeah. he was one of the smart. I think, in my own opinion, one of the smarter competitors and for how oh, long yeah. he was in the game. So even through injuries too. And the other thing I like about Kevin, yeah, he was bull strong too. Remember, I was competitive powerlifter. Oh so, yeah. So I mean, he was very very strong. If you, that well, flying team workout was my favorite one that he that yeah. he was in with John Ray. Because he was lifting some big time weights, you know, when he was in there, oh, he wasn't yeah. doing, you know, just a, a plate on each side or whatever. You know, he's pressing over 300 pounds and for reps, you know, just repping it out. Yeah. So. Well, yeah. there's, a, there's a Johnny Jackson right now. He's oh a, yeah. He's the other, that's another guy. He yeah. Was, he's he's another guy that, again. You know, um, Ronnie Coleman, right? Yeah, Ronnie. Ronnie yeah, Ronnie would. Top of the heap right now, and he, it's a, I've, I've asked a lot of people this, uh, what, what they think about uh, Ronnie winning the Olympia this year, and everybody's like, I talked to Flex Wheeler uh, probably about a month ago, and he goes, well, I heard they already sent him the trophy. <laughs> yeah, it's probably the case. <laughs> the yeah, lightweight baby. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> There's a lot of people that I've talked to that says, "Well, I've I've heard Jay Cutler is just in incredible shape." So, well, that's what happens every year, you know. Especially yeah. if you go around the internet, that's the that's usually the talk. So, so should be interesting. Never know. Yeah, should be interesting. Cut September. Uh, one last thing I wanted to get your your view on and, and being a competitive powerlifter and everything. Um, how does someone like Amarius Pujanowski get the look he's got? I was reading somewhere that he does bodybuilding and powerlifting. How, how do you how do you mix the the weight and the reps and how would that well, be possible? Well, you know why it's possible for him. <laughs> well, be, well, I no, I'm talking. About oh, okay, I like it. <laughs> No, I wasn't talking about that. I was talking about just the genetics. Yeah. And part of it, believe it or not, if you look, you know, I was reading a, an article by Dave Tate. I don't know yeah. if you know Dave. Um, and he was cleaning up his diet. And you know why? I looked at his, the change in his physique in, in some of the pictures. You know, yeah. It was out, out on the web, and I'm like, you know, maybe thinking about what your question is, is it could have a lot to do with, Forgetting about the genetics part of it, which is maybe, you know, he's got genetics to have lower body fat yeah. to be able to carry low body fat and high muscle mass. But, you know, I think it has to somewhat do with diet. You know, if you're just in strongman, you may not be following as close a diet. 
yeah. and it's a new, it, some of it, at least part of it, is a nutrition thing. Because, again, I formally competed in powerlifting, and yeah. I was able to lower my body fat down to, to levels that were lower than when I was in my 20s okay, yeah. by changing my nutrition and what I'm eating. So I really think part of it is 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 he's combining bodybuilding, and he may be doing it more from the nutritional sense than if I was to guess, and then yeah. just probably his own genetics to be able to carry that lower body fat. Because he looks like a bodybuilder, but that's competing in strongman. So. Yeah. Well, that's that's a, a, that'd be my take. First time that. I watched um, a world strongest man with him in it, he. Uh, he just done like the atlas bones or whatever, and took off his shirt and did a double bicep pose. And I thought, my God, he looks like a damn bodybuilder. Yeah, but he he just like lifted the house a second ago. I'm like, what? Yeah, <laughs> what he's this? just so atypical with respect to that. Yeah, but but look at Ronnie Coleman. That's okay. him. That's another one. You know, if he's another guy that 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 has massive strength with you know with very low body fat. Yeah, and and he was. You know, I met, I went to Olympia back when I was in, was it, Atlanta, years ago. Yeah. And I met Ronnie Coleman at that time, and I got a picture of him when he, you know, we were shaking hands and everything. Yeah. And, and even then, he was, he was freaky, okay, from the, from the <laughs> yeah. standpoint of shoulder width, you know, a, a very, very small waist. Yeah. And just, mu- you know, just muscles just popping, okay. And, um. Going back in his history, you'll you'll find out again. He was just again, I, what I would believe an incredible athlete as well. So. Yeah. So I think that's kind of the, the, my take on it, as far as you know, the, the diet and then just having the genetics engine to, to back it up. So. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll tell you, it's a uh, the the world of weightlifting and grip strength and everything is a very very interesting world. You bet. Yeah. Um, like you said, in the thing about it is, is grip strength, for example, you talked about World's Strongest Man yeah. and how that is, is becoming more popular. There's also starting to have, have um, grip competitions as well. Oh, wow. And, and so there, those competitions are starting to offshoot from Strongman. Yeah. And you'll start to see Global Grip Challenge is going to be this year. Diesel, the, the guys that are known as the Diesel Crew are putting it on. And uh, they did it last year, and uh, pretty soon there's also European championships as well with respect oh, to wow. So you're going to start to see um, different avenues of, I, I think, offshoots of even strongman. And one of the areas to start with even is yeah. strength. So, wow, that is that is going to be cool to see. Yeah, again, it allows more. The the good thing about it again is it allows more people to get involved. Oh yeah, okay. yeah, most so, definitely. So more people get involved. My take is more people get into exercise. And yeah. Of course, not hurting themselves. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> getting into sort of exercise and, and, uh, and getting out there and being active is, is better than uh, kind of being couch potatoes and, and uh, sitting on the couch. And oh, yeah. And bruised. So. Any, anything's better than, than what's currently going on. You bet. <laughs> well, Bill, I've appreciated the interview. Hey, it's been fun talking to you. Oh, yeah. We'll definitely have to have you back on. This has been an interesting conversation. Yeah, I've, I've uh, really enjoyed it as well. It was good talking to you. The website is cyberpump.com. Uh, if you plan on visiting cyberpump.com and, and going through everything, clear your schedule. It is an in-depth, an in-depth website. You bet. You guys yeah. have put a hell of a lot of time around for another 10 years. <laughs>
Well, that's cool. Definitely. But yeah, we'll definitely have to have you back on closer to uh, some of the big events that are going to be happening. That'd be great. But uh, I appreciate your time, and I will uh, let you know when this airs. And uh, have a good weekend, sir. All right. Thanks a lot. Have oh, a yeah. good one. Definitely. Talk to you later. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.